You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Glory to God. Amen. Each time I think about what Jesus did, it makes me really excited. Amen. The future is so bright. Yes. Amen. Yes? Yes. The battles are a setup for your coronation. Amen. <laughs> yes. yes. Glory to God. Amen. Wonderful. This morning I want to share with you for the next few minutes. I call it progressing in your kingship. Amen. How many people want to progress? Amen. Yeah. You need to progress. You cannot be stagnant. Yes. Amen. God did not plan for you yes. to be stagnant. Amen. Okay. So he wants you to progress from where you are. He wants us to progress from where we are. There are levels. Amen. There are levels in our kingship. Amen. Yes? Amen. And I want to show you from the scriptures. Why don't we pray? Father, we just thank you. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let our kingship be established. In the name of Jesus, manifest our kingship in this generation. Let it be evident that we have been with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want you to know something that um, it's very important for us to be well grounded in matters that pertain to the kingdom. Amen. It's very important. It, in fact, it's more important than you even imagine. Why? Because there is a way that our mindset has limited our progress. There is a way that our mindset has limited the way God can walk with us. Because one of the things um, you'll notice as you study the scriptures is that God oftentimes will work on your mind before he places you somewhere. Are you getting me? Yeah, there are certain promises that cannot be fulfilled because of where your mind is. So many Christians have this mentality where they think that God is a magician. Okay, just, just drink this and then you will be there. Come on. And it works, it's that kind, of, uh, that kind of mindset prevails so much in Africa. You know, it prevails so much in Africa because we are used to sangomas. You understand, you go, they just give you these leaves, they give you this, this stem, and then they give you this. You just take this and everything will be sorted. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that mindset has robbed us. It has robbed us of so much. 
And unfortunately, we come into Christ, we bring the mindset with us. We have been brought up that way. We have been uh, um, uh, trained to think that way. And now you come into Christ, you are just looking for that uh, holy concoction. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're looking for that holy concoction that when you just mix it, just mix this thing and then you drink it and whoop, you're sorted. Oh my goodness. How I wish it were like that. Unfortunately, it's not. It's not. So God will take time to work on your mind. That's why he says, be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. So your transformation is linked to your thinking. Amen. Okay, how many people want to be transformed? And you know, in this nation, there's so much talk about transformation. Every day you put on the TV, radio, you're hearing discussions about transformation. And I, I believe they have, I mean, they, it's all in good faith. But is it really happening? Hmm? If you take a slave and you put him on a throne, does that change him? No. It doesn't change him because right there on the throne, he is going to manifest slavery on a higher level. And that's our problem. Yeah. So because of that, God places priority on the renewing of your mind. Places priority on the renewing of your mind. Your mind must become like Christ. In fact, God took time to even give you the mind of Christ. Why would he do that? He gave you a, a totally new mind. Why? Because of where he's taking you. Are you getting my point? The Bible says, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, you have the mind of Christ. So if you have the mind of Christ, why was Christ ever a slave? At any time. Was he at any time? Is there any record of Christ ever being a slave? No. If there's anything close to slavery for Christ, it was slavery to the will of the Father. That's the closest thing to slavery. Other than that, nothing like that. Amen. Okay? So if you, are going to, if you are going to progress in your kingship, you cannot leave your mind behind. Amen. All right? You cannot leave your mind behind. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. If you are going to progress as a king, you cannot leave your mind behind. Yes. As a matter of fact, you cannot go to where your mind has not been. 
You can never get there. If your mind has not been there, there's nothing, there's no concoction. You can drink. There's no magic portion that you just swallow and it will take you there. You see how they're deceiving people? And even, even some so-called pastors and preachers are giving people concoctions yeah, with the same Sangoma mentality. Yeah, they just Christianize it. Yes. Yes. Are you getting my point? Mm. And then they just call the name of Jesus with that. Yeah. 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 And nothing has changed wow. up here. And guess what? With that kind of mindset, you have to keep coming back. Because when the concoction is finished, you need some more. And of course, it's not free. Yes, it's not free. So you have to come back and you have to pay so much for this. And people love that. Why do they love it? Because it's the way they were trained. They grew up with that kind of mindset. So it sells. It sells. Hmm? Love me by false oil. This oil, this oil, this oil is if you will just pay and it's branded. Hmm? This oil, if you take this oil, They are going to love you. Whoever it is you talk to will love you. But it will cost you 10,000 rands. And guess what? They pay for it. All the different oils. It's a, it's a wide range. All of them are labeled. And you know, because your need is not just one, you will need several of those. Yeah. You will need several of of those. And in fact, next week, we're going to launch another one. So you need to come back next week for that one. Yeah. In fact, this one is a Lion of Judah oil. You want it. <laughs> if you drink this oil, mm, you start operating like the lion of Judah. And nothing has changed here. Nothing has changed here. My people perish. For what? Lack of knowledge. It's not lack of oil. It's not lack of portions. It's lack of knowledge. So if you are going to progress, you need to progress in your understanding. You need to progress in your knowledge. You need to progress in your wisdom. Do you get my point? 
And that's what this is about. Why am I emphasizing your kingship? Because you need to know. That's who God has made you. But if you are not told, you will be living a life that is not what you were born for. And people will continue to take advantage of your ignorance. <coughs> Say, I'm a, king. I'm a king in God's kingdom. God's kingdom. I, was I was called and born and, born and, anointed, and anointed to rule. Anybody that has a problem with that can go and jump into wherever they want to jump. It's the word of God. And you don't apologize for that. You don't apologize for your identity. You don't apologize for who God has made you. You don't apologize for what God has said about you. I don't care anybody's opinion. Somebody was trying to place a label on me. And I rejected it. They said, oh, you are not this, you are this. And I said, no, that's not who I am. I know who I am. Amen. Come on. Yes. So many times we have believed what people said. Mm. And it has ruled our lives. Mm. But we're breaking that Amen. this morning. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So even for Abraham, God, do you know that when God called Abraham, God had to start working on him. He said, first thing, get out of your country. Because the culture and the mindset and the thinking there is so different. And what I want to fulfill in your life, you can't fulfill it in that place. Okay? So why? Those people, they worship stars. And even your father is a very strong influence on your life. You need to leave him. But guess what? The father followed. <laughs> By force. And the father said, okay, Abraham, this is your God. Yes, Lord will come with you. We will go together. And he just organized everything. And they went and they camped in Haran. Until the father died. Then God came again. Abraham. Hmm? started working on his mind then God told him how he's going to make him great he will bless him in Genesis uh, chapter 12 God speaks to him clearly there huh? uh, and Abraham goes until it gets to a point that God now begins to tell him listen your descendants are going to be like the sun on the seashore. Unlike the stars. What's God doing? He's working on his mind. He's giving him a, f- a frame of reference. He's giving him, you know, uh, a way of thinking. So, because Abraham is going to be a king of kings. Do you understand? He's going to give birth to kings. So he cannot live like a slave. He cannot be, sh- be worshipping stars when his own descendants will be like stars. 
Are you getting my point? Yeah. His own descendants are going to be like stars. How can you be worshiping your descendants? You can't do that. So get out of this place because I need to work on your mind. This thing you are worshiping is actually a replica of your descendants. That's when I say a replica, it means it's a fake. Right? How many people have seen those uh, Rolexes? <laughs> replica. Huh? You can always tell when you look at it and you see the way the hand is moving. You know that this is not a Rolex. Rolex doesn't move like this. Hallelujah. So God had to shift his thinking. Hmm? God shifted his thinking and with time, Abraham began to progress. He began to grasp what God was saying. And then he got to a point that he now had faith. And he could believe. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. So he was progressing, progressing. At first he laughed at the fact that he could even have a child. My goodness, what are you talking about? At this age, 90, what? 100 years? Sarah, 90? What are you talking about? He couldn't. He couldn't see that. And sometimes we remain in servitude because we cannot see ourselves outside that situation. You've gotten so used to being in that state that you cannot see yourself being a blessing. You've gotten so used to having handouts that you cannot see yourself getting to a point where you can hand out. Do you understand what I'm saying? So kings don't receive handouts. Kings hand out. Hallelujah. Kings don't have accommodation problems. Kings have territories. They have lands, they have houses, they have palaces. They have chariots. They have, you know, those, those are the things that come with kingship. And not only that, kings take territory. Amen. So for us, for example, like I'm saying to you, God is starting something in us. Which if you will be patient and allow God to finish what he has started. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. So let me show you a few examples. For, I want to use David as an example. Because David is like a, a prototype of what God is doing in the life of the believer. And also when it pertains to matters of the kingdom, one of the people, one of the best examples, especially in the Old Testament, is the life of David. Obviously, you can look at the life of Christ, but oftentimes we're not able to accurately decipher from the life of Jesus. But when you see the life of David, where things played out over a longer period of time, you'll be able to appreciate. So, you have shown you from the scriptures in Revelation chapter 1. Let's read Revelation chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 
Let's read from verse 4. Revelation chapter 1 verse 4. It says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, right? And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Yes. Then verse 6. Come on, let's read verse 6 together. 1, 2, 3. And has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And has made us kings and priests. Unto who? To his God, to his God and Father. So if he has made us kings and priests, what does that tell you? You have an anointing because in the Old Testament, kings, there were three groups of people that used to get anointed in the Old Testament. What are they? Kings, priests, and prophets. Those are the three people that used to get anointed in the Old Testament. No other person in the entire nation could be anointed. If you were not a priest, if you were not a prophet, if you were not a king, no anointing for you. You will just watch the anointed ones. But in the New Testament, we are so blessed that Jesus has made all of us kings and priests. Hallelujah. And I told you that it's not kings or priests. It's kings and priests. So you are both a king and a priest. As a priest, you can offer sacrifice to God. As a king, you can rule. Hallelujah. So don't come and tell me there are some people that are called to offer sacrifices and some others are called to rule. No, no, no. We are all called to rule and we are all called to offer sacrifices. So every one of you can offer the sacrifices of praise. With the fruit of your lips, giving thanks to God. Are you getting me? So you can't just come to church, just sit down and say, Oh, praise and worship team, come on, you worship God. While I watch. Because you are the priest. Oh, no. We all do it together. Okay? So you have the kingly anointing, you have a priestly anointing. And in the life of David, when... Did David get anointed? Hmm? He was still a shepherd. Right? In 1 Samuel chapter 16. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we see there that God had... God repented that he made Saul king. Because Saul will not obey God. Right? Instead of being under the kingship of God, he decides... To be his own king. So as a king under God. God expects you to take instructions from him. So your kingship is not detached. From his kingship. Are you getting my point? So God's idea for Saul was that. He would be king. But under the kingship of God. And Saul decided. No, 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 no. I can't listen to this old Samuel. You know, priest. I'm the king here. So I decide what happens. No, 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 no. He missed the entire point. Yeah. 
And so because of that, God rejected him. All right? And where is 1 Samuel 16? Did I say? Yeah, 16. Okay, from verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? How long? How long are you going to mourn over this man? I've rejected him already. He's still on the throne, but he's, I'm not with him. Huh? I'm not with him. How long? He says, Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. I've provided for myself a king. Fill your horn with oil. Now let's, let's not even talk about the details of this anointing. Alright? Because it will take time there. But Saul was not anointed with a horn. David was. And there's a reason for that. A horn costs life. That's similar to your anointing. That costs the life of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. You getting my point? It's not just the same as carrying just one bottle with oil. It didn't cost anybody's life. But this one cost a life. Why? It's a type of you and I's anointing. It's going to cost the life of the Lamb of God. Okay? And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. God is smart. Do you know that God didn't argue with Samuel? God saw that. Oh, no, you, you have a point. You are right. This madman is going to kill you. Hmm? Why is he going to kill you? There's always a contention when it comes to kingship. No, you, take, you, you, you just take a heifer and say you are going to sacrifice. That's priesthood. Yes. So when it comes to priesthood, there's no contention. Yes. Satan doesn't mind you being a priest. Yes. Yes. Are you getting the point? Yes. He doesn't mind. You, you, you're coming to sacrifice. Oh yeah, I sacrifice. How many rams do you want to kill? Just do it. It's okay. It's okay. So far as you're not contending for kingship, Satan doesn't mind. He doesn't mind. You can pray from now till Jesus comes. So far as you're not taking territory, it's fine. Are you getting my point? Because kingship is about taking territory. It's about taking the throne. So far as we stay here, we pray, we do, we, you know, we have praise and worship, we do, we take communion, we do everything. He doesn't mind. 
The moment we say, okay, fine, we want to take over Midrand now. That's where the battle starts. That's where the battle starts. Let's begin to take steps now. We need to now practically take over. You will see. That's when Saul. Why, why will Saul? Because Saul is the one that has been ruling. Another king? Wild life? So there are demons that have taken over territories. They've been ruling over territories. And now they hear that you are now king. And you say you are coming to take over. Oh my God. Not without a fight. So God gave Saul, I mean Samuel, a strategy. Go with your king, uh, with your priestly mm. ministry. Amen. Enter with your priestly ministry. Let the word that goes to the king be that you are exercising your priestly ministry. Amen. <laughs> but we know, you and I know, that it's not just prayer. It is the throne. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you getting the point? Oh, yes. Is it working on your thinking? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. So, to cut the whole story short, Samuel goes there. And uh, verse 6. So it was when they came, that he looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Huh? But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but Lord looks at the heart. So in the kingdom, when it comes to, when it pertains to the things of the kingdom, don't look at the outward. Many people walk by sight. They will look at you, they assess you, and they say, surely the Lord's whatever has come. But that might not be what God is saying. Don't assess people by outward appearance. Amen? Amen. So they came and all of that, and we know, right, that all the sons of Jesse came and none of them fitted. And it's like, Jesse, um, Samuel says to Jesse, are these all your sons? Then he remembers. <sighs> Yo, you know, sometimes every, they've shared everything, they forget about you. But God has not forgotten. Amen. <laughs> Amen. God has not forgotten. Man may forget. Your father may forget. Your brothers may forget. Your sisters may forget. But God will never forget. All right? So, what happens? Verse 11. Samuel says to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. 
And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit till he comes here. <laughs> Nobody, no rest. Because when you sit, it means you are resting. No sitting until he arrives. That's how they will send for you. Glory. When your time has come, there will be no rest until you arrive. How about that? Amen. Yeah, let's read the next verse. Hmm? So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes, good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Come on, anoint him. All this ram that had to die, and then the horn. That had to carry the oil. And you don't even want to know about the process of making that oil. Because that one is another story. Now it's time. This is him. Anoint him. And then he anoints him. Pours the oil over him. And declares him king. Amen. Alright. And where did it happen? In his house, in his father's house. Among who? His brothers. Your kingship begins at home. Amen. Do you understand me? Your kingship begins at home. Let me tell you this. The Lord spoke to me as we're worshiping. He said, You need to tell them to begin. To deal huh, with the rulers in their homes. Because this anointing you have is an anointing for you to take out every spirit that has fought against your family. Do you understand me? Every spirit that has contended with you, with your family, with your household, for your destiny, for the destiny of your family. This is the time Amen. to deal with them. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. To deal with them. Amen. So right there, he is anointed. He has not gone to Saul. David doesn't after this anointing go to Saul immediately. No, 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 no. He begins to do exploits in the home. His assignment was his father's assignment to yes. him yes. to look after the sheep. Yes. And he's looking after the sheep. Amen. And a lion comes. Yeah. And his anointing kicks. Yeah. Do you understand me? He has, his anointing kicks in and oh. matters concerning the home. He now takes on that lion. Yes, so you have the anointing yes, to face any lion. That is fighting against your family. Are you getting my point? And you must not allow any lion to come and swallow and take away any lamb from your house. So the first anointing, it begins in the home. A man's enemies are aware. 
in his household. Who are those enemies? Those are the lions you need to take out with your kingly powers. Hallelujah. Okay, so you need to take them out. Say, say, I'm taking them out. I'm taking them out. I'm taking them out. I'm telling you, there are, there are, there are lions. There are bears in your household. Get ready for a fight. Get ready for a fight. This is the time. As a king, your anointing is to face those lions. And not to take some concoction. Looking for a magic portion. No, you have what it takes. You have the anointing. Your brothers must be released from that prison. All your sisters must be released from that prison. Are you getting me? Your parents must be released from that prison. Every lion, every bear. Amen. Your kingship begins there. It begins there. So you take them out. Just like he started with Abraham and he progressed. His mind is changing. His mind is his until he became father of many nations. It was a progression. David also begins and he begins to progress. Begins to progress from the home. So after today I'm telling you, you need to begin to look for those bears that are hiding in your household, in your father's house. Whether it's in your father's house, in your father's field, in your father's sheep hole, you need to start looking out for them and say, where are you? I have the anointing of a king and I come as a king. You see, this is not about public show. This one is happening behind closed doors. Behind closed doors. You wake up at night and you take authority. Come on. You wake up early in the morning and you take authority. You take them out. There is a progression. My time is gone. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Let's stand up on our feet. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. I'll continue in the second service. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank God for anointing you. You are the king that is going to rescue your family. You are the king that has been anointed to break that power of poverty. To break that curse over your family. I'm telling you. You've got what it takes. That cycle of defeat over your family. You are going to face them. You face them and take them out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our kingship. 
Thank you for our kingship. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. I will not allow any lion to come in and take any lamb from my family. I will not allow, I will not allow any bear to come and take from my family. Thank you, Jesus. By the kingly anointing, my Lord, my Lord, I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. I want you to thank God. Begin to thank God for His anointing upon your life. He has called and anointed you as a king. My Lord, my Lord, yes, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, amen. I want you to take authority. You know, you know those lions that are fighting in your family. You know those bears that are fighting your family. I want you to stand in your kingship. By virtue of the anointing upon your life. I want you to break their powers. I want you to crush them. Hallelujah. You must be heartless when it comes to dealing with matters that pertain to your family. You must be heartless when you are facing the lion. You must be heartless when it comes to dealing with the bear. You need to identify them right now. Who are those lions? Where are they hiding? Come against them right now. Come on. Begin to take authority in the name of Jesus. I take authority right now right now yes in the name of Jesus every lion my Lord and my God my Lord and my God yes in the name of Jesus we break their holes. I crush them. I break their back bones. In the name of Jesus. Break them. Every enemy in my household. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Against the destiny of my family. Against my children. Yes. Against my siblings. I come against you right now. In the name of Jesus. My Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Now say this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your anointing upon my life. You have called me and you have anointed me as a king and as a priest unto God. Right now, I stand as a king and as a priest in your kingdom. I come against every enemy, every lion, every bear, Every spirit, every spirit that has been warring against my family, I break their backbones in the name of Jesus. I crush them in the name of Jesus. I break their powers in the name of Jesus. I subdue them, I compel them. To give up, to give up all, that all that they have taken from my family. In the name of Jesus, I command them to vomit everything they have eaten from my family. In the name of Jesus. Come on, give the Lord praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.